Welcome to Creative Rising, my friend, a show about what it's really like to run a photography business. Today, we are having a little bit of fun because my sweet hubs, Mr. Jeffrey Jean Youngren, is joining me today once again on the show. So welcome, sweetie. Say hi oh, to all of our listener goodness. friends. Here I am. So excited <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much for having me, sweetie. It's exciting because this is like the first episode in the studio with a guest and I, I am the guest. You are the guest. <laughs> we are in our podcast room that I've already recorded a few episodes in here, but now with two people, it's a whole different ball game. We got our two microphones, we've got our desk, we've got our whole setup and it feels fancy. I feel real professional. I got to be honest, you know, I hung up all the sound tiles like a few weeks ago. We have the soundboard in here. Like I feel like Terry Gross, she'd be proud of us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have been recording anything we do together. We've been recording using just a single microphone on the floor of our bedroom. And so this feels like a huge step up from that. Oh my gosh. Cause I was the one that would have to hold the microphone and hold it steady for like, you know, whatever, half an hour, hour, whatever we're recording. And by the time we were done, I'm like, can we please be done? I'm just like, my arm hurts so bad. I know. Keeping a microphone at the same distance for everybody, it's it's a lot of work. Our so. life is hard. Our life is hard. But thank you so much for having me yeah. on the show. Um, uh, big fan. Big fan of the show. <laughs> so friend of the pod. Well, <laughs> well in this episode... <laughs> Oh my gosh, how do you move on from that? Um, <laughs> thank you, sweetie. You're welcome. In this episode, we're talking about the 10 things that we would do if we were starting a photography business right now in the year 2020. So just for a little bit of background, for those of you out there who are new to the podcast and don't know much about our story yet, Jeff and I started shooting weddings around the time that we were getting married, which was back in 2006. So this year makes our 14th year of shooting weddings. Jeez, 14th wedding season. It's exciting. Oh, yeah. We're not old. We're just We're not mature. old. We're just getting started. <laughs> We've got a long ways to go, mm -hmm. but... Things were very different back then, right? Like when we were first starting out, the industry had just made the switch from film cameras to digital. So that's the kind of the time frame we're talking about. And so the first DSLR cameras that we shot weddings on was, it was a Canon 20D, right? Yeah, we had, okay, we had, I think we had two Canon 20Ds and then our backup camera was a 10D. Mm -hmm. The screens were tiny. They were so like, little. Remember we would shoot on like four gigabyte cards? Oh, yes. And oh, that yes. was like pretty good. Yeah, the files were not large. Yeah. Nothing like today. But I think that what's even crazier than all the gear talk that we could totally reminisce about is that when we started weddings, Twitter and Facebook were both infants. Instagram didn't even exist yet. And it wasn't going to exist for like four or five years Blogs were just starting to become a thing and the iPhone hadn't even come out yet. Like that came out in 2007 after we started our business. So today's world is dramatically different from when we started. And when I think about it, I'm like starting a business today versus 2006, it feels like there's this fundamental shift in what it means to run a creative business. But Here's the interesting thing. 
While there are so many differences in the industry today versus back then, when Jeff and I were sitting down and we were thinking about what we would do if we were starting a business, we realized that even in the midst of this crazy changing, fast-paced, evolving world, there are a lot of things about starting a business that we both believe will always hold true. They were true then and they are still true now. And I think they are going to keep being true for years and decades to come because these were also true decades before we started our business. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the list that we've come up with, which I'm excited to share with you guys, is stuff that like we have the current implementation of these ideas, but they're ideas that are just rooted in long-standing businesses that are even before we started. Yeah, and I think that that should be a huge encouragement to anyone starting a business because if you're listening to this a year from now, you know, these are still going to be super helpful and relevant, but you don't have to be 100% in every little trend and every little thing that's coming along in order to start a business. I think that there are principles that if you hold true to them, you are going to do great. So let's jump into it. Here are the 10 things that we would do if we were starting a business today. So the first thing that we would do if we were starting a business today is we would shoot, shoot, and then shoot some more. That is something that we started out by doing and we recommend to tons of photographers to just get out there and shoot. Um, the old adage that we would always say is try and break a shutter in that first year, in those first few years. Um, back when we were starting out, the shutters were rated for like, I think like 100,000 actuations. So I think they're rated for more, but if you can break a shutter, like you know that you have really spent a lot of time behind the camera. Because the thing is, you don't really know what you love about photography until you've shot a ton of it. So I would say if you're starting out, shoot as many different types of things and people as you can. So shoot friends, shoot family, try landscapes, try all different styles of photography. Just get out there and shoot. Say yes to almost every opportunity that you can just to get time behind that camera. Yes, and I think when that camera becomes this natural extension of your hand, then the technical side of it becomes so much less overwhelming and it takes up way less brain space and way more automatic. And then you can focus on being creative. You can focus on the lighting and the posing once you have everything mastered about this camera. So getting out there and shooting so much helps you develop that technical side and that second sense with your settings and with your aperture and with the lighting and with your ISO to the point where you will have just a very natural gut instinct with your camera. And I think the other thing that Jeff mentioned that's super valuable is shooting as much as you can and as many different things and different people as you can. So let's say you know you want to shoot weddings. Well, get out there and shoot as many different kinds of weddings as you possibly can. Because when you have experience with all different kinds of weddings, that's how you understand what it is that you love and also what it is that you don't love. And so pay attention to that during the, this first year, these first couple of years as you get out there and shoot. What are the things that light you up as a creative? And the sooner you start understanding that, the sooner you'll be able to build your brand around the things that you most want to photograph. You'll have clarity around that. But I do believe you need to get experience with a lot of different kinds of things to understand what it is that lights you up in the first place. 
Yeah. So, I mean, early on, the way that, that looks is just saying yes to a lot of opportunities, saying yes to a lot of jobs. Obviously, stay, say no to the things that seem red flags or dangerous or really, you know, not helpful, but say yes to a lot of things. And after each shoot you do, like, like you're saying, Aaron, go back and think about like, what did I like about that? What didn't I like about that? And then rinse and repeat. So if that means carrying someone's bag at a wedding or assisting someone or doing jobs that may not seem like that glamorous, but they get you experience around different kinds of people, different kinds of jobs, that is the most valuable thing you could do with your time. So don't feel like, you know, you're too good to do those kinds of things. Here at our studio, we are the kind of team where everyone helps each other out and we're always bringing up new photographers. And that is one way that we help them get experience. We have them assist us. We have them help us. And it's not because we're just looking for labor. It's because we're helping people gain the experience that we know was so critical to us in those early years of our business. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, the key, we talk about this all the time, but the key to running a successful photography business is really to know who your target client is and be able to attract them. And the sooner you work with enough people to understand that and to understand what lights you up, the better. And the more equipped you'll be to narrow down your ideal client when the time comes. So you just got to shoot a lot. So that's the first thing that we would do if we were starting a business today would be to shoot, shoot, and then shoot some more. And the second thing that we would do if we were starting a business right now in 2020 is we would just tell everybody we know. And then we would tell them again. And then we would tell them again. Like there is something so fundamental about making sure that you get the word out about your business. Think of it this way. If you were getting married or if you were having a baby or if there was some big life event happening for you, who would be on the announcement list? Who would you send the invitations out to? All of those people on the list should be made aware that you are starting a photography business. And then you also need to let them know several times and several different ways. So I think the trap that we fall into is that we think that if we say something once, that if we say it again, we'll feel like we're repeating ourselves. But you need to tell people multiple times the same message in order for that message to get across. So don't be afraid to keep talking about your new business. Talk about it to everyone you know, anyone you see. Announce it on Facebook and Instagram. Send emails to those friends and family. Find ways to let people know and keep talking about it, even if you feel like you're a broken record. Yeah. And the thing to remember is what this doesn't look like is just deciding you're going to start a photography business, posting on Facebook once something like, Hey, I'm starting a photography business. If anybody knows anybody that needs pictures, please tell them to contact me. That's not what this looks like. You want to not only post a bunch like you're saying, Aaron, but you want to be really specific with what you're posting and what you're asking for. So if you know that what you're trying to do is start a destination wedding photography business, you would say, I'm starting a destination wedding photography business. If anybody knows anybody getting married in these locations, these are the locations that are on my bucket list to shoot. Be specific because that was that's what kind of interrupts people's normal consumption of social media. So if they see that you're asking for a certain thing, 
they'll think, oh, wait, you know, I have a friend that's getting married there. Maybe I should introduce you. So be more specific. The more specific you can be, the better with that. Definitely. And sometimes you don't really know what you want to ask for for a little while. And that's OK. But just think about, OK, what do I want to get my business started? I need to photograph something that it's a really beautiful outdoor garden wedding to get my portfolio going. So ask, does anyone know of anyone getting married outside or in a backyard or having an estate wedding? I would love to help them out with some photography if you know of anyone. And that is a way more specific ask that will bring way more specific results than just a, does anyone know anybody getting married or anyone that needs portraits? That's the second thing that we would do. We would tell everybody we know, and then we would tell them again and again. The third thing that Jeff and I would do if we were starting a business right now is we would network, network, network. I feel like with these three things, we're being very much like you have to do this and you have to do repetition. a lot of it. The repetition, repetition is heavy yeah. on these points. Yeah. But there's a reason for it. I think these are the things that are have held true for starting a business over the, the over the decades. There's nothing that can replace getting the word out there and building relationships. That is what this is, right? If you haven't read How to Win Friends and Influence People, then that needs to be on your list of business books, which I'm actually going to talk about uh, later in this episode, which books you should definitely read when you're starting your business. But that book needs to be on your list because it drives home this principle of how to create relationships that will expand your your network base and also help them and help you in the process. More than anything, more than Instagram, more than Facebook, more than even your website, relationships are going to be the engine of your business. And I say that because that has been 100% true for Jeff and I in our experience. And I know that there are loads of other photographers that would agree with that same thing. The reason that Instagram and Facebook work so well for this type of service-based business is that they are ways to initiate new relationships, but you have to see them as tools that help you initiate those relationships, but then you need to take the next step to take those relationships deeper and further. You have to make those social media contacts into real life contacts. The purpose of social media is to support real life relationships, not replace them. So how do you network? How do you create these relationships? Well, find meetups in your area. That is the beauty of starting a business today. I feel like it's easier to search and find these different meetups. For example, we have our Creative Rising gatherings all throughout this year. Our next one is on February 12th, which is coming up here right around the corner. And we're going to have several other gatherings throughout the year here at our studio in San Diego. If you want to come to it, if you're local or if you want to come into San Diego, then go to creativerising.com forward slash gatherings. And that is the perfect place for you to network as a photographer. Yeah. And then there's also the Tuesdays Together events that are sponsored by the Rising Tide Society. We've started hosting those in our studio. You know, we've always believed in 
supporting the local community. And so as soon as we got this place, we're like, hey, anybody that wants to host a community-related event here is welcome to it. And so Rising Tide took us up on that. So um, those are everywhere. Those are not only in San Diego, but they're in most major cities. So check that out. And then also look for industry events where you can meet not just other photographers, but other vendors. So that might look like a wedding venue. That might look like a caterer having different things. But just keep your eyes open for different industry events. Something that will happen a lot is magazines, like your local magazines, will have events for advertisers and also potential advertisers. So keep an eye out for that stuff. That's a good way to meet vendors in your field. And then also get involved in online communities like Facebook groups and that sort of thing. For us, when we were just starting out, there were a couple of forums that were like brand new because the internet was still, you know, it was still little. <laughs> it was still like growing up. Yeah. It was and like, the internet was like a teenager. It was. It was a teenager. And there were forums and all of us were like, oh my gosh, we can connect with people from across the country online. It was incredible. And so I know that for us helped us so much in our business because we had people we could turn to. And so get involved in those Facebook groups. The Creative Rising community obviously is my favorite Facebook group for photographers. That's our Facebook group online. So there's going to be a link to that in the show notes for you to join that Facebook group if you are not in the community already. So, okay, Aaron, I have a question. Yes. You are an introvert. Very much so. Do they so. know this? They know this about you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Why do you think I want to have my office in like a podcast room? It's very quiet in here. Oh, it's lovely. It feels really good. It's lovely. Um, okay, question. Since you're an introvert, with you're talking about going to these meetups. I know that there was a time that you really loathed going to meetups like this, but that has shifted. And there was a meetup, you know, even just this last weekend that only one of us could go to. And you're like, I'll go. So how do you show up as an introvert at these, you know, kind of very extroverted meetups? Definitely. That is such a challenge for introverts when it comes to promoting your business and creating those relationships. I know for me, it is terrifying to walk into a room full of people that I don't know. And so I have a few techniques that help me. One is that I don't want to go in with no plan. I feel like that's very overwhelming for me. So I want to have a purpose for each individual meetup. And so I decide, okay, what's the point of going to this meetup? One, I get, I'm going to get to meet new vendor contacts, or I'm going to meet other photographers that could become friends and resources. For me right now, I'm looking for speakers for the podcast or guests for our show, you know, that sort of thing. And so I have a purpose of going in. And then I try to look at the RSVP list if I can and get to know a few of the names that are on the list and I can identify, oh my gosh, it would be so great to have a conversation with this person or this person. And then what are some things that I can I can talk about with them. I can look at their social media feed and I can say, I can see what's going on in their life. And that can be a good way to segue into a conversation. And then if it's the kind of place where, or the kind of event where you can't see who's attending, then I have a handful of questions that I just go to questions that I always have in my back pocket that help me uh, facilitate like a deeper conversation. You know, one question that Jeff loves to ask in particular is, 
he'll ask someone like, okay, so you're a coordinator. What is it about your business that really lights you up? What do you love about it? Or you could say, you know, what's the purpose of your business? I'd love to hear more about your why. Those are some questions that can help you facilitate a deeper conversation. Because I know for introverts, sometimes shallow conversations are exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so have a few questions that can help create a deeper connection. That's, that's great feedback. And you're right. Like I do ask those deeper questions. And even though I'm like your textbook extrovert who I can just go around and just have a fun time at these parties and just be happy about that. I have found a lot more value out of just having very prepared questions and questions that are meant to drive deeper with people. I just feel better after these meetups and feel like I've, I've uh, moved my business forward by learning something more about people. And we've established some of our best, most longstanding referral relationships with those very questions because you kind of stand out at a networking event. Instead of just talking about yourself, you ask about them in a way that most people don't ask them about them. So you stand out. Today's episode is brought to you by Kiss Books, the album company that we use for all of our wedding albums. And we've been using them for a long time. Yeah, I feel like we've been using them for at least 10 years, like almost the whole time we've been in business. It's, and it's because they're so beautiful and amazing and our couples love these books. And I know that if you're a new photographer or if you haven't ever sold albums before, then the thought of starting to sell albums can be really overwhelming because the process seems so complicated. So if that's you, that's okay. And you are going to love the Getting Started Kit that KISS offers. Yeah, the Getting Started Kit has everything you need to begin offering albums in your business. It's got some sample credit to order some new books. It's got the linen styling mats, and we use those at every wedding we shoot to do all of our getting ready details. It also has a complete swatch set of all the leathers and the linens, and then some swatches of the actual prints so you can see what those look like, and then a whole pricing guide that helps you know how to price these things in your business. And then... As if that's not enough, KISS goes a step further and anybody who signs up for the Getting Started Kit gets a free coaching call with one of the experts at KISS that will help you step-by-step step figure out how to get these books into your business. It's amazing. So I love that you not only get the materials you need, but you get the education you need to sell these albums and start making some more money in your business while also making sure your couples get these gorgeous heirlooms from their wedding day. So if you want to get your hands on this getting started kit, then we have a special deal for you just for Creative Rising listeners. Go to creativerising.com forward slash kiss and you will get half off of your getting started kit, which is $300 and you get half off of that and you get everything that we just mentioned. Creativerising.com forward slash K-I-S-S. You guys, this getting started kit is like the deal of the century. Like the styling mat alone is worth $100. Like this is, go get this right now. Creativerising.com forward slash kiss.
All right, so that's the third thing that we would do if we were starting our business in 2020. And now the fourth thing that we would do if we're starting our business in 2020 is we would focus on having a really great Instagram portfolio. So I really think that that is a way that people are vetting their photographers more than ever today is by Instagram. So they go to your website, they learn about you from a friend, whatever, the first place that they check out to see what your work is really like is not the portfolio page on your website. It's actually your Instagram. So I would just really take good care in curating a really awesome Instagram feed. I'd also have a very simple website that has a simple blog and then you know a portfolio on there as well. That's very necessary. It's not that Instagram is the end all, but I would focus on having a great Instagram portfolio. Post two or three times a week and then be on stories almost every day if you can. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that our feeds are important as a portfolio and then the Instagram stories are great for people to get to know you on a personality level. And then with the website, like at this point in your business, I would not spend tons of money on graphic design just yet. I would give myself a year or two to understand who I am, what my brand is, what my unique value proposition is and who my ideal clients are. Because before you know those things, before you know who you are and who you're going after, you're not going to be able to build a brand around that. And so don't spend tons of money yet. There's lots of templates that you can buy that will help you set up a nice looking website that will do a great job for the first couple of years until you're able to invest in a much more customized graphic design look. So right now in this first year, if I were someone starting right now, I would focus on my images, I would focus on my shooting, and I would focus on putting out the work that I'm creating on Instagram and my blog because I'm out there shooting as much as I possibly can. And so I would learn my editing style, my photographic style, and I would be putting it out there for people to see. The fifth thing that we would do if we were starting a business in 2020 is we would invest in paid education. The bonus to starting a business today is that there are so many online courses to choose from. There's so many resources that are readily available to everybody. Absolutely. I mean, when we started out, Erin, it was like you had to travel to workshops. In order to learn something, you had to buy a plane ticket, get on a plane, pay thousands of dollars to go learn at a workshop or a conference or things like that. And that's things that we did. But now there are online courses. There are all kinds of opportunities to learn all the stuff that took a lot more effort to learn before. So there's a lot more information. So I would invest, I'm, I'm with you, I'd invest a huge amount in education. Definitely. And things like in-person conferences, in-person events, in-person workshops are incredibly valuable. And so definitely invest in those as well, but take advantage of the online opportunities so that you don't have to spend so much on travel. There's so much education that's readily available. And with that, there's all the free education too, like podcasts, right? I'm a huge fan of podcasts. <laughs> and I have learned so much on podcasts in these last several years. Attend free webinars. People are putting on webinars all the time. And then again, look at all the like freebies people have and just the little resources that you can get. That is something that you have today that was definitely not available when we were starting. So take advantage of it. One thing I would say with that, Erin, is that 
with all the opportunities that are out there and all the content that is out there, it can be difficult to know who to listen to and how to filter it. And so the way to do that, I think, unless, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but the way, what I think you need to do is one, listen to your friends, like talk to your peers and say, what education did you invest in that you really felt was worth it to kind of hone in on it? And then two, like if you find a few different educators, like choose to kind of just follow their methods and not try and, you know, say, I want to learn about sales and buy, and buy seven sales courses from seven different photographers. It's not gonna be helpful. You're gonna be confused. So look at someone that sort of models the sort of business that you have slash you want to have. And if they offer educational resources, pursue those. What would you add? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that I love that you brought that up because it's so true. You have to be a little bit analytical when you're looking at these things. Don't just follow what anybody says. I would follow someone for a little while and kind of see how their free advice works out in your business. And if that's working out and if you're really vibing with their stuff, then um, think about investing in their courses. But I always like to say, like, if somebody is actually doing what they're teaching in their business and it's obvious that it is working and they are currently in it, then I think that that is a testament to what they are teaching. Like for Jeff and I, we're in it. We shoot weddings. We run a wedding business. We run a big commercial business. Like we are in it every single day. And so we're in the trenches with you guys. And we're not just teaching things that worked five or 10 years ago, but we're not doing it anymore. Like we're teaching you the current stuff that is working and not working in our business right now. I think that's important with photography. Like it's not every industry needs that. Like accounting, like you don't need to have someone teaching accounting that is currently an accountant. Like there's historical principles with photography and it being on such the forefront of the marketing world and the creative world, it's constantly changing and literally what worked a few years ago does not work now. And so it's important to be following people and consuming their education of people that are actually doing it right now. Yes, I love that. And along the same lines, the sixth thing that we would do if we're starting a business right now is we would read 10 business books in that first year. So you need to be hungry for education. And so I think having a goal to read 10 business books in the first year of your business is a good goal to have because that's nearly one book a month. And I'm not going to say 12 because you need to give yourself a little yeah, bit of margin. I thought, I thought you would have said 12. That's kind of funny. I, you know, so you get to take December and January off. Is that totally. what it is? Okay, great. There's months where it's like the holidays. It's really hard to consume a whole book during the holidays and also during wedding season or if you're traveling. So I like to give a little bit of grace and margin for these things, but have a good solid goal that's going to help you consume a lot of information that you need to build the fundamentals of your business. So I'm going to list just a few of my must read books here. Um, I'm going to tell you about them, but then I also put together a list of the rest of the business books that I think every photographer should read early on in their business. And you can download that list at creativerising.com forward slash three zero three. At first I was like, I'm going to talk through all 10 books. And then I was like, that's going to take a 
while. So I just put together a list for you guys that you can just grab and you can look at and it will have the links to the books and all of that for you right there. So on that list, are you going through and not just sharing the title, but like what you like about it and kind of like the key takeaways or is it just a list? I'll have some, I'll have a little blurb about like, here's my main takeaway from this book. So you can understand, is this a marketing book? Is this a business fundamentals book? And so you can pick and choose from there. And then if there's other books that other people recommend, you can pick those up as well. So my top three books that I think every photographer should read when they're first starting out are the first one is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. This is perfect for branding, marketing, and just an overall fundamental mindset of how to approach your business. What is your why starting there and understanding how that affects everything else you do. It's a classic and I love it. The second one is E-Myth by Michael Gerber. This one is more about like fundamentals of running an entrepreneurial business. So setting up your org charts, what things look like. And I think that it's just a really good way to set yourself up for the right mindset of running a small business. The third one is Essentialism by Greg McCune. And I love this one. Oh my gosh. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. If this wasn't on your top three, I would, I would walk out this door. (laughs) It's so great because it just talks about how to understand what the things are you need to be doing the most with your time. What are the important things that you can do with your time that will contribute to the most impact and just getting rid of the rest? So instead of doing 20 things and doing them all mediocre, what are the like one, maybe two things that you can do that will have the greatest impact? Fabulous book. Even if you're not a photographer, I would read it 100%. And then right now, I want to mention this one because I think that it's so relevant to today. Bonus book. Bonus book. I'm reading Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And I love Cal Newport to begin with. His book, Deep Work, has really impacted me. And this is his newest book, Digital Minimalism. And it's a game changer. I think it's going to be an essential read for anyone running a business that relies on social media. Because this book talks about how can we create healthy boundaries with social media? What are the effects of always having our phones on us, always checking email, always checking Instagram, and how can we understand what social media tools are going to be the most important for our business and help us drive forward what we value versus just being you know, an end all be all for like, you know, we're just doing everything on social media, but we have no intention with it. So I highly recommend Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. So I really liked Deep Work. um, And I'm curious, do you think that they should read that book before reading um, Cal's newest book? No, I don't think so. I think that they're, the topics are separate enough where they stand on their own while also being in the same kind of value system. So I recommend both, definitely. But digital minimalism, I feel like is more, um, it's kind of, it's just, it's going to be really relevant to anyone that struggles with social media, the comparison, boundaries, always being on our phones. This is going to be a book that's going to have a deep impact 
on creatives specifically. And so that's why I think that it's so important that if you are a wedding photographer that relies on social media for your business, and we're saying build an Instagram feed, be on Instagram stories. And so this book will be a great companion to that to set yourself up to have healthy boundaries in your business instead of getting to the point where you're overwhelmed and you're trying to crawl out of that. You can set yourself up uh, to be healthy from the beginning. That is thing number six that we would do if we were starting a business in 2020. We would read 10 business books. And we have that list for you over at creativerising.com forward slash 303. We'll put that in the show notes, right, Erin? Yes. It's going to go in the show notes. You. Yep. Great. So the seventh thing that we would do, <laughs> I'm having such a hard time with the numbers. So the seventh thing that we would do, if, why are you laughing at me? I love all the, like, you're having a hard time with the numbers. You, I am. I am. Thing number seven. I don't know why I'm trying to enunciate, but um, it's making me like stumble over the numbers. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like I've never said seven before. Okay. The seventh thing that we would do if we were starting a business in 2020 is we would start by building an email list. You guys, I'm super passionate about email lists. That sounds like a very weird thing to say, but I am. I wish we had started ours sooner. I tell all my coaching students, get an email list going. Um, If you haven't heard that you should get an email list going, let me be the first to tell you, get one going. You know, this goes back to one of the first things we mentioned, which was telling everybody about your business. An email list helps you do that. So I would start an email list. I'd start by throwing all your friends and family on that email list and uh, use that email list to communicate shoots that you're doing. Like, like, hey, I wanted to show you the results from this really cool shoot or what's going on with my business, just communicating with people. I would, you know, that's the way you'd start the email list. And then I'd want to see you get more people on that email list by creating some sort of freebie or download that you can put on your website that would be helpful to your clients. So, um, you know, a wedding planning freebie for engaged couples to download or uh, a, a, a whole guide about different hairstyles for brides to download, something that would be important to your target market that they'd be willing to give you their email address in exchange for something free, a digital download of some kind, is how you would grow that email list. And then as you grow it, I would just be emailing that list once a month and I would be talking about the shoots that you're doing and kind of general news with your business. Software, that's the rabbit hole that we could go deep down I'm going to resist. I know. There's so many options when it comes to software. But if you you were just starting your business, what would be the one that you would tell someone to use or that you yourself would use? If we were just starting out, it would be Flowdesk. Love it. Yeah, it would be Flowdesk for sure. So the reason reason I say Flowdesk is because it has the simplicity of MailChimp, which is what kind of everybody starts with. And I literally see everybody start with MailChimp and then bail on it super fast. So don't start with MailChimp, start with Flowdesk. There is a free plan that puts like a logo at the bottom, but the paid plan is a great deal. And what's cool about it is they don't charge you per subscriber. That's what everybody does out there. The more subscribers you have, the more money you have to pay. That's what everybody does. Flowdesk does not do that. You're locked in at one price, which is like 40 bucks a month forever regardless of your list size. We do have a promo code that gets you half off, 
we'll link to it in the show notes. So it gets you half off for life. So you want to definitely use that. So it's 19 bucks a month for as many subscribers as you want. I would definitely use Flowdesk. And I love Flowdesk because it has all these really beautiful templates. And so if you're concerned about design and branding, which all of us creatives are, then they have beautiful templates. We've, we use it for our wedding email newsletters. And so anything that goes out to brides, we use Flowdesk and we really love it. And it's so pretty and it's very simple. For our photographers, for education, we use Drip because it has a lot of other functionality that we need for that kind of business. But for a wedding photographer, Flowdesk is perfect. So that's what we would use if we were just starting our business in 2020. Okay, moving on. That was number seven. Start an email list as early as you can. So right away. And number eight is that we would sign up for ShootProof. 100%. Hundy P. That's what people say. Don't they say that? I have. I think no that's idea. what the kids say. I, you know, we've been in this for fourteen years. I, I heard don't know Kelsey. Anymore. I heard Kelsey say "Hundy P." Okay, she's in her twenties. She would know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Are we leaving that in? I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. Sign up for Shootproof. Shootproof is a gallery service. Also has invoices and contracts. Basically, ShootProof has everything you need to kind of get started on the biz side of things in terms of your image delivery, in terms of your contracts, and in terms of your invoices. So it's a great jumping off point to have a few very core services under one hood for a really reasonable monthly fee. And the reason that we say ShootProof is because of those multiple things. It's not that we're just saying get a gallery provider, get a way to deliver images. It's that That's important, delivering the images, but so is having contracts that your clients can sign. So when you're starting out, maybe it doesn't make sense to have like a Tave or a HoneyBook or 17 Hats or some sort of powerful CRM. You can just use those features in ShootProof, the invoices and contracts. So what I would do is I would start with the lowest monthly plan and grow from there. That's what's great about ShootProof is as you use it more, you end up paying more. So you don't you're not paying for what you don't need. So it can kind of grow with you. We have a special offer for Creative Rising listeners that we're going to link to in the show notes for getting started with ShootProof that um, will be great. Yes. So take advantage of that. Check out the show notes. There's going to be lots of links in there for all of these resources for you. All right. Number nine, the ninth thing that we would do if we are starting a business right now is that we would do lots of free or discounted sessions to get our portfolio started. And I know as soon as I say that, a lot of people might be like, oh my gosh, that's terrible advice because you might get stuck always doing free or discounted sessions. So I have a caveat to this one. I would do as much as possible to do as many shoots as possible, but I would have a price set while I am doing it. Now, this is a technique that Jeff and I used while we were building our business in a lot of different ways. So we always had our pricing, right? We had, here's how much it costs to have a shoot your wedding. But we knew we wanted to get certain dreamy weddings. Like we wanted to travel to the East Coast and do weddings on the East Coast because that was just right up our dreamy aisle. And so we had discounts that we would give if it was like the kind of wedding that was absolutely perfect for our portfolio, but the couple needed some incentive to fly us across the country instead of hiring someone local. Okay, so that's what I mean. 
do free sessions, do discounted sessions, but decide ahead of time what your prices are going to be. Have those in place. Make sure you know what your discounts are going to be and make sure that you have a purpose with these, that you are using this as a tool to get you sessions that you most want to photograph. And I would verbalize those discounts. So when you're giving someone a discount for X, Y, and Z, you say, I'm doing this because I really want to shoot at this venue yes. or because I really need this in my portfolio. So this is usually $1,000, but I'm going to give it to you for free because of this. So have a reason, not just for yourself, but something to share with that client. 100%. So they don't just see you as a discount photographer. They see you as a photographer that charges X amount, but you're giving them a very special deal for a very specific reason. That is how you don't get caught in that cycle of just always doing discounted weddings. And you'll be able to move up in your pricing without losing your entire network of brides. Okay. Yep. Make sure you have that price set. And, off, um, and I do want to mention Make sure they are aware of that pricing. I think that's a given, but I just want to put that out there. Have a reason for the discount and make sure they are fully aware of what your full price is. And that way, if it if you're a portrait photographer, for example, you can do one free session for a family, but they are fully aware that the next time they hire you, these are your full rates that you will be charging them. That way that family or that client doesn't always expect that same discount or that same free session, okay? So that's how you can get work while also not shooting yourself in the foot for future years of working with that same clientele. All right, sweetie, we're on the last one. Number 10. Number 10. Can I have it? Yes, you may have it. You'll give it to me? Uh Uh-huh. It says your name next to it, though. Because I'm amazing. Okay, great. I'll do it. Number 10. The 10th thing that we would do if we were starting our business in 2020 is we would price for profitability from the very beginning. So what that means is we would start from the very beginning with having our pricing set in a way that actually makes us profitable, not just covering our costs, not just getting to net zero, but actually being profitable. So uh, practically what that means is I would include in your pricing, the cost of outsourcing the editing, the cost of having an album design done by you or by someone else, the costs of all the things that are needing to happen in your business. I would have those inform the prices that I'm charging my clients from the very beginning. The reason that this is important is because when things actually start to take off and they actually start to get busy and you have clients knocking down your door trying to hire you and you're more busy than you ever thought possible, that's when it's going to be really important that you have the margin to outsource or insource. Maybe you hire someone to help you come into your studio. But the thing that I see happen over and over again is people get too busy And they know they need to outsource, but that margin was not built into the business. And so they can't outsource without losing money. So start from the beginning. Plan to outsource. I think that is such wise advice. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're so wise. Think about your business a few years from now when it needs to grow and set up set yourself up for success to step into that more successful business. And that is so true with pricing, especially with weddings, because weddings, the cycle, the turnaround is so slow that if you are not pricing yourself now for what you need to be in the future, 
then you could be getting to a point, like Jeff said, where you absolutely need to outsource and you're getting burned out and overwhelmed, but you can't hire anybody because you don't have enough money to hire them. So give yourself that margin in your pricing. I love that advice. All right, we have a bonus one. So I'm actually taking the last one. Oh, that was sly. It was sneaky. No, it really, I really actually didn't plan it out that way. I <laughs> have a bonus one that I want to throw in there. And it's just very quick and very simple. Just when you are first starting out, when if you are starting your business right now, remember, do not compare your new business to everybody else's established one. Don't compare your business to what Jeff and I do, because we've been doing this for 14 years. And guys, we have a staff, we have a studio, we're recording this in a podcast room. Like we have established networks, established clients, and an established business. Do not compare what you're doing to us and don't compare what you're doing to anyone else that has been doing this for a number of years. You need to give yourself that grace and just remember you are where you are and you need to do your thing and do a great job at it and you are going to be amazing. That's great advice. I'm glad you threw that in there. Thank you. That's a great bonus. All right. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us here today. I'm so glad that you guys got a sneak peek into this conversation with the two of us. It Remember, was a fun conversation. I'm very, this was a very meaningful conversation to me. Oh, good. Me too. Thank you, sweetie. I love you so much. I love you too. So remember to go download that list of business books at creativerising.com forward slash 303, the 10 books that we would recommend to any photographer that is starting their business right now. We also have our next Creative Rising gathering on the calendar for February 12th, which is right around the corner from when this episode is going live. So check that out at creativerising.com forward slash gatherings. If you can't make it on the 12th, we have all the dates ready for 2020 that we will be announcing soon. So keep an eye out for those dates so you can make it to a gathering. We have really cool speakers that we're bringing in for these gatherings, and I cannot wait to announce who those people are moving forward. And remember, these gatherings are totally free. They are yes. totally free. We actually pay the bill for the wine and the cheese. Like it just comes out of our pocket, but we just want to encourage community. We think it's so valuable. It's been so helpful for us. And so we're just so excited to do that here in our studio. So please come. Definitely. Even though it's free, we do ask that you RSVP so we know how much wine to bring and how much cheese to buy for you guys. <laughs> so creativerising.com forward slash gatherings. You'll also find the link to join our Creative Rising community on Facebook in the show notes for this episode. Join and request to get in that group if you haven't already. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Next week, we have an amazing episode for you. It's all about social media. I have the wonderful and very sweet Abby Grace joining me on that episode. And so if you want to hear about how to establish healthy boundaries with your social media, this is an episode you are going to love. All right, guys, I will see you then.